Hey, everybody, this is the Love Your Content NCLEX review. Welcome, 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 welcome. This is day number two. Welcome this is back, day everybody. number two. Yes, I'm excited to be here because this is where we go from our pregnancy state to our postpartum. We're filling out our workbooks, we're picking up. Hey, who's this? guy on the workbook that'd cover be, that'd be us. <laughs> so we also have the um what we're going to do as well is we're going to do our second pregnancy overview as well so that is going to be happening on tonight yep. and i'm really so excited we're about it inside the virtual trainer to the v2 mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. to finish the pregnancy lecture from yesterday yep. and then also you have another lesson that you're going to cover uh, from inside the v2 that's and right that is the normal and, and high-risk high newborn. newborn yeah so a lot of you wanted to keep going in the v2 last night and we kind of did half of the video for yesterday and then we're going to finish the other half tonight but then we're also going to extend it so welcome in class is just beginning i hope you guys are ready we have day number two and we will be doing a new postpartum simulation simulations are the way to go for next gen NCLEX. now if this is your first time joining us let's do a quick introduction my name is mark callie and i'm the president of remar review sure is. and this is regina msn rn the number one NCLEX instructor on the planet that's what some people call me my name is professor regina i am happy to be here 23 years of nursing experience i told my story last night but also 15 years as a registered nurse Shout out to my registered nurses in the house, 13 years as an educator, and you are part of a very large community where here at Remar, we make it our business to produce successful licensed nurses, helping over 30,000 nurses every single year. So I am happy that we're studying again tonight as a group. I wanna see those comments. Matter of fact, take a moment, tag your favorite nursing student because there are many who should be here for tonight's class and they want to be here, but guess what? They don't know about it. They don't know that this is happening. So take a moment, tag your favorite nursing student as well to get them on board because we're doing something that I don't see anybody else doing right now. And that is prepping for next gen using client and patient simulations. Yep. So, and while you're tagging your favorite nursing student, your nursing buddy, your partner, while you're doing that, we're going to go over the class outline yeah. just to let you know what we're going to talk about tonight, as well as the goals for this event. This is not just, you know, pop up and, and study, yeah. get a little bit of help. No, we actually have goals in a place that we're taking you guys. That's right. So this is a two day free event and it is for registered nurses as well as practical nurses. So all are welcome. So if you are taking NCLEX either next week next month or maybe you graduate even in the spring this NCLEX is uh this NCLEX review is for you we are going to be focusing on the most important thing that you need to pass NCLEX and that is the say it with me the nice c word that is your content that is your content and shout out we love the testimonial shout out to nancy says i passed NCLEX rn on the first try Thank you for creating an amazing NCLEX review, an amazing NCLEX review. And I am, man, amazing NCLEX review. I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Congratulations. Hey. Congratulations on becoming an official <laughs> Remar nurse. Man. Listen, 
Go to remarnurse.com slash party and share your story. And we have a remarnurse hoodie, or actually, no, we have yeah. remarnurse t shirt for you. And for it says, you. With God, it's possible. That's one of our favorite blue shirts. Yep. And we want to give that to you. Yep. And Absolutely. so, what Nancy is talking about is my NCLEX review program. It is called V2, V2. And right now, you get everything that I created my content lectures the downloadable workbook, plus my favorite book for nursing students, Quick Facts for NCLEX, at a special price. Not $200, not $100, not even $99, but $89 for two months access to my program. And it's an instant access. Yep. And one thing I I really enjoy about that is when you have two months, the program is designed to be completed in four weeks. So you can literally do the program twice. And if you need more time, if you're a repeat tester, if you're an international student, if you're dealing with anxiety and you need to, you know, renew for another month or two, it's not going to break the bank. It's really affordable. And so we've designed this system so that you can get your nursing license and take control and build your confidence regarding your nursing career. Yep. And I'll say I love the V2, but I know the V2 is not for everybody. I know the V2 is not for everybody. I created the V2 for students who wanted to have a schedule, who wanted to have a curriculum and who wanted to have instant access, right? So some students are able to go out and they're sitting in a classroom and they're able to spend, you know, nine hours or eight hours a day in a classroom with a one-to-one instructor. But I created this platform and this NCLEX review for those students who couldn't get out and who needed to study at various times throughout the day. And I wanted a program that was simple and straight to the point. So if that is something that you think you could use, as well as having my amazing videos, the question bank, the platform, it's all there for you if you need to have a system that gives you accountability. Because I think that's what that's what a lot um a student's need i'm I'm finding is that accountability and that helps them with success yeah we are accountable for delivering that content that resource to you so without further ado we're going to get into tonight's lecture tonight's review tonight's clinical uh simulation Uh uh-huh yep simulation tonight day two so this is day two postpartum before we get started you guys know how we do we're going to say a word of prayer and then hop right into it all right. And then I'll see you on the back side just to make sure everything went well and answer any questions that you have in terms of completing your study once we complete the class for tonight. Thank you, Mark. All right. So let's go ahead and pray. All right. All right. Father, into your hands, we commit ourselves. We commit our uh, our careers, our focus, our families, everything that we have, Lord, that's precious. Um, we commit it to you, including the goal, Lord, that the Remar nurses have of passing NCLEX and Amen. getting their nursing license. Ask, Lord, that you allow them to be successful in that and so that their career is not only a blessing to themselves, not only a blessing to their families, but also a blessing to their clients, their patients, and the communities in which they serve. Um, Lord, ask that you would watch over their household so that their relationship would increase with you as their nursing knowledge increases and you give them promotion so that they know that all that is good and perfect comes from you. So we are thankful and we are grateful, Lord, um, for this. These blessings we ask. In the name of Jesus, the name above all names, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Okay, get out your workbooks. We are going to get ready to take patient report. So in that workbook, there is a patient report section, all right? And we are going to take report. I'll be giving you that information. 
Let me gather my, all right, here we go. Are you guys ready? If you're ready, type ready. If you're ready, type ready. Here is your report. Okay. So our patient tonight, patient B is a 30-year-old, is a 30-year-old gravita 2, parita 2, right? Who delivered vaginally a nine-pound, two-ounce term infant at 4 p.m. It was an uncomplicated pregnancy with forceps delivery. The normal, um, the, the, the infant's vital signs were normal, normal infant, infant vital signs following birth. The baby girl was put to breast for 10 minutes, five minutes on each side. And then the mom was given ibuprofen, 800 milligrams at five o'clock for abdominal pain. We note the mother's vital signs here, 80 over 65, the blood pressure, the pulse is 112, respirations 22, temperature 98.1, and O2 sat is 91% on room air. You have your report, do you have your priorities? Okay, everybody, this is our patient on tonight. This is our patient on tonight. So I'm giving you, I'm giving you time to write down this information. <laughs> it is setting up, it is setting up our, our whole entire scenario. And again, the idea here is that as you're writing your report down, as you are visualizing your patient before you go into that patient's room, you should already know where your nursing interventions are going to be, okay? And this is how you are a, a great nurse in real life and for NCLEX, specifically next gen, okay? All right, so I'm gonna push past this because we gotta go, I gotta, I gotta push past this. So in our, our patient simulation packet here, we also have what? We also have a nurse's note. And here are the nurse's notes about the patient. And this was taken at 1600. So I'm gonna read it to you. It says here, the client reported relief of pain rates it three out of 10 after the ibuprofen was given. Fundo assessment completed, heavy lochia rubra noted with five dime size clots on the perennial pad that was saturated with blood. Bed linens also had evidence of blood stains. Okay, so the bed linens also had an evidence of blood stains. The fundus appeared boggy at three centimeters above the umbilicus. Dr. Abdual notified, client given new gown, okay? So this is nurse Henry Smith, RN, who gave us our report, who gave us our reports, okay? All right, guys. So just based off of those two, just based off of those two 
mm, nurse's notes and an, an objective report from your oncoming on offgoing nurse now we can begin to look at our next gen mar okay you guys know i have these in the i have these throughout my teaching because when we are doing these simulations we have to be able to apply it clinically clinically and that is really the difference between what NCLEX is now, NCLEX right now is an exam, right? It is a lot about Bloom's taxonomy. So you have your comprehension, you have your knowledge, right? Uh, those kinds of questions are on the current NCLEX. NCLEX Next Gen is going to have this clinical component that you're going to have to apply this information to an ongoing change. Okay. So if you're looking at your MAR, I'm sorry, I don't have it in a PowerPoint form, but if you have the workbook, if you downloaded it, then you, you, see, you see the patient's laboratory values. We have a metabolic panel and we have a complete blood count here as well. So I'm having 10 questions for you tonight. I need you to get eight out of 10 of these questions correctly to be able to clear the knowledge for this uh, part of maternity for NCLEX, okay? So do we have it? Eight out of 10 is your goal. So my first, my first situation that I wanna present you with is the idea, I want you to recall, I, I want you to recall this, number one in our workbooks, how much bleeding is considered normal after delivery? Give me the vaginal number and then give me the C-section number. So vaginally, we will accept up to how much and then a C-section, we will accept up to how much. And so you're filling out your workbooks, but I wanna see the comments on the screen. Also share this video, take the time, hit the share button, and I want all nursing students to understand that with better content, you can be so much more confident. And also it goes beyond just practicing questions from a question bank. Question banks are great, but you also need to challenge yourself with free open-ended questions as well. All right, and so that's what we're doing on tonight. I see the answers on the screen and I think we are on one accord on tonight. I love it. I love when this happens. All right. Correct answer. I'm going to give it to you. It is 500 for a vaginal delivery, 1000 milliliters for a cesarean section. So those are the acceptable amounts of blood loss. Okay. I'm warming. I'm warming you up. Don't think it's going to be that easy. Don't think that I'm stopping there. I'm going to take you a little bit further. All right. And so how about this? How about this? I see here that some people are hypothesizing that our patient might be having postpartum hemorrhage. So let me ask you to give me not one, not two, but give me three possible causes of postpartum hemorrhage. 
three possible causes of postpartum hemorrhage. And so this is a challenge because now I am asking you to go into your, your, your mental Rolodex of everything you learned about postpartum. Yeah, you could put four. I love it. If you know more than three, come on, put it on there. Um, but I'm, I'm asking you now, and I, I'm expecting when we talk about nursing care, I'm expecting you to use medical terms. It's great to know the, the common terms, but as a nurse, you need to be able to have the clinical verbiage in order to communicate, okay, as well. So we are firing off on all cylinders here. Love it. Oh, I'm so proud of you guys just for showing up. <laughs> hey, we got over a thousand nurses right now studying for NCLEX with RemarNurse.com. Amazing, amazing. Here we go. Here are three possible causes. See if you have these. I'm looking to see if I have anybody with all three of mine. Here we go. We're talking about hemorrhaging, all right? So that is a substantial amount of blood, like what, 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 what our patient is experiencing. So you have uterine atani. This here, what is uterine atani? That is when a patient has a weak uterus after birth. It is not contracting. This is life-threatening. This is a medical emergency when this happens. The second one, lacerations. We know from report that the baby, the very large baby was delivered with forceps. So our patient right now could have also lacerations of the cervix or the vagina. And maybe this is where the blood is coming from. Did you get all three of these? And then also a retained placenta. A retained placenta can also cause bleeding to linger, bleeding to continue on. So we're at the, the, second, the second challenge here. I'm wanting you to get eight out of 10 of these correct. So you should be two for two at this point. Let's move on. Okay. In our workbooks here, I'm asking you now, some laboratory values were drawn and I want you to tell me the reasons why this laboratory values are required. So if the doctor writes an order, speaking of our patient, okay? Speaking of our patient, if the doctor writes an order for a CBC, what does he want to know? Okay. And so if the doctor writes an order for an ultrasound, what does he want to know? Remember, this ultrasound is not about a baby being there. We already know that a baby has been born. So why are we getting another ultrasound? The type and cross screen, what is that for? Platelet count. Why do we need to know about the platelet count? 
And you guys, you see, this is the reason why, this is the reason why NCLEX is gonna be giving you the lab values now. They don't care. They don't care that you can memorize laboratory values because what the researchers showed is a person, a nursing student knowing laboratory values is not saving lives. You can memorize a whole sheet of laboratory values and get on a unit and not know how to save a patient's life with those memorized numbers. So we're moving towards, here at remarnurse.com, we're moving towards the next thing and preparing you, not even for NCLEX, but to be a safe nurse. Why is the doctor ordering an ultrasound? What is an ultrasound gonna show me? Mm. What is the type and cross and screen going to tell me? If I was your preceptor, these are the questions I would be asking you during our orientation. You just took report. Mm-hmm. And so this is also where you guys are evaluating, hey, maybe I don't know this stuff like I thought I would. Maybe I don't know it. And then maybe I'm seeing, hey, some of you do know it. And I love what I'm seeing. I love the comments on the screen. Some things I'm seeing, but what I'm getting is I'm getting where the class is, what, what the class is thinking. That's why we come together. We put the comments on the screen because people could be learning. They may not catch my word, but they might read your your comment so put those comments on the screen all right here are the reasons why this patient we need a cbc because we want to know what does the cbc stand for the what the complete blood count remember that the complete blood count so we're getting a cbc because we want to know the hemoglobin and the hematocrit levels which is going to tell us what our patient is doing, uh, are they anemic, right? Are they losing blood? What, what is going on with the patient? The ultrasound, I read it, I was so happy when somebody put it up on the screen for the first time. The ultrasound, we are looking for retained placental parts. We are looking to see what's inside of that uterus. What is inside of there? Yes. Okay, the type and cross screen. Hey, if our patient needs blood, which if we look at our patients, if you have the workbook and I'm looking at my patients, if I'm looking down here, again, if I'm looking down here at my patient's results, the hemoglobin, is this a patient that's gonna need blood? I better be ready for that. What is the patient's hemoglobin right now? My goodness. And then the platelet count. Our platelet count is going to tell us what are the clotting factors? Are, does our patient, do they have the ability to even produce blood clots, right? We see them, we saw, but what is going on with this patient? So those are the reasons why NCLEX Next Gen is not going to care if you know the ranges for hematocrit, if you don't know how it applies clinically to your patient's well-being. And it's okay if you guys aren't taking next gen and you're still here, stay here. Stay here because this is a class that is going to be actively 
allowing you to demonstrate your competency. I'm, I'm, I'm allowing you to test to see if you've been studying, you know, and how, how you can, how you can measure up in real life. This is a real life scenario. Okay. Did you clear that one? Did you clear that challenge? I have another for you. Are you ready? So here's my next challenge for you. This one, you guys can work together. What are two non-pharmacological nursing actions that can be done to stop postpartum hemorrhage? I'm just going to read that once and see the answers that I get. Go ahead and put them on the screen. Ah, my readers, half of the battle of passing NCLEX is the reading. Okay. Now I asked you for two. I'm seeing people. I'm seeing people put one. I need another one. And this is specifically for postpartum hemorrhaging. And I'm asking you for two because I gave you one of them. I'm gonna give you a little clue. I gave you one of them in the report. Look for it in the report. Okay. I just gave you a, I just gave you a clue. Um, so definitely I say, um, massaging the fundus. A lot of people are putting that one. Yeah. Massaging the fundus. Mm -hmm. There's another one. There's another one. Okay. Here's the answer. Massaging the fundus and breastfeeding, putting that infant back to breast. Because what is that going to do? A lot of people didn't put this one here. You missed it from the report. But what is that going to do? When you breastfeed, it causes the uterus to do what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you didn't get this one right, definitely, definitely put a star by this one. Because one of the things that we have to teach our mothers is that breastfeeding can bring on contractions, right? It doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. It is the natural result of what's supposed to happen. So as we're studying for NCLEX, don't forget our teaching points. Everything that I'm, everything that we're highlighting tonight is for a purpose, okay? Nothing is by accident. All right, I'm moving on. We are moving to the actions of the nurse. What are the actions? And here's the thing, I'm not telling you. I'm not I'm not giving you anything. You guys are giving me all the answers. You got I'm just asking the questions. So this is great. This is how you are to be learning. Okay, we're pulling that information. Here's another one. Okay, so this is the orders that you should anticipate. The physician writes the following orders. You guys fill in the missing blanks. So here's the setup of it. Here's the setup. Listen carefully. The doctor is asking for two intravenous sites, okay, for hemodynamic instability. So what does that mean? That means that we are going to be trying 
to stabilize the patient with intravenous, I'll say medications, okay? What are those two intravenous medications that we need right now for our patient? Right now, we need to give what and what? And I don't care if you, let me see. Um, just give me, just give me what they are. You don't even have to give me the amount. If you give me the amount, I'm happy. If you know the amount, I'm happy. But you don't have to know the amount. Just give me the medications. And remember, the medications are for hemodynamic instability. You guys must read. So I don't want to see oxytocin. I don't want to see oxytocin. Oxytocin is not the medication that is going to address hemodynamic instability. And, and, and so this is how we are, um, oh, this is, this is how we get into trouble. Like I said, half of the battle of passing NCLEX is reading, is reading it, okay? So the two that are appropriate in this situation, the two that are appropriate in this situation, and again, you guys, you don't have to make up things in your mind. You're really not searching that far because you got a patient report and you got a nurse's note. And you also have in front of you your patient's complete blood count and their metabolic panel. So remember, when you are answering NCLEX questions, the writers are told to give you the information that you need to answer the question. So you don't have to go off into your mind trying to think of just random medications. Keep it focused on your patient. And so the answers are going to be 1,000, okay, bolus of normal saline. That's what it will be. Because hemodynamic instability, that is hypotension. We know that the patient's uh, blood pressure is low. And then I saw somebody put it, one unit, pack red blood cells. We know we got to give blood because our patient's hemoglobin is what? It's down in the sixes. And we're going to give oxygen via, and I didn't even think I even got to this part, but we're going to give it via the non-rebreather mask. And the indications for a non-rebreather mask means that the oxygen has to be at six to 10 liters per minute. Okay. And so that's what it is. This is how... And you guys are doing a really great job. Most of you guys did say the normal saline. You, you understood the bolus. Some of you did say the blood, the packed red blood. And somebody is asking why the non-rebreather mass over the nasal cannula. So go ahead and if you have the answer to that, if you have the answer to why we're going with the non-rebreather mask, put it in the comments. Yes. <laughs> hey, did you get it? Are you clearing our clinical simulation? Are you clearing it for tonight? Love that you are watching from all over. I'm going there. I'm going there. Yes, 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 yes. And so we know that the normal saline is a medication. We know that packed red blood is a medication. 
Okay. All right. And I'm reading it to you as well so that you can also understand it. Okay. Let's go on to the next, get my notes here. Let's go on to the next challenge. How are you guys doing so far? I think this is the one that you guys have wanted and you were at, you were asking about it. Now, what medications are we going to give or can we give to reduce postpartum hemorrhage? Okay. What medications can we give or should we anticipate the doctor the order for postpartum hemorrhage? We're going to give one of them in normal saline to monitor contractions. The second one, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. The second one you can give, I saw it on the um, comments, but it's in Quick Facts for NCLEX. So another reason why, another reason why this book is included in the package is because of the pharmacology section in the back. So if you have this book, you can pop over to the pharmacology section and get the answer real quick. <laughs> This is quick facts for NCLEX. Every nursing student on the planet should have this book. Every single nursing student on the planet should have quick facts for NCLEX. Okay. Remedies. But if All you right. What are those answers? Hand swelling. Puffiness in the okay. face. Yep. Mm -hmm. So the first one for the postpartum hemorrhaging is oxytocin oxytocin definitely the second one um is going to be the ergonovin we can give that also you can give methogen and these are in quick facts yes good job you guys are ready for the you guys are ready for that um for that question Okay, so I can move on. I think we're all on one accord. My next challenge is this. My next challenge is this. Here's the question. Is, okay, so this is the question. Based on the client's electronic health record, which medication should be given to prevent complications in future pregnancies. I like the encouragement. I like the encouragement that I'm seeing. Yes, this is challenging. This may be a little bit different than how you're used to studying for NCLEX, but there's a reason and a purpose that you are here. So based on the, the client's electronic health record, which medication should be given to prevent, hey, future complications in pregnancy? Amazing, guys. Amazing, amazing. Come on in and put your comments on the screen. Come on in, put your comments on the screen. I see them. You guys got it. Yep. 
And remember, we're using generic names for NCLEX, not those trade names. So it's RH immune globulin. RH immune globulin. And this is a shot that is given to a pregnant woman who, like our client we see here, they're RH negative. They're RH negative. And this medicine can be given as an uh, intramuscular or intravenous injection. I go a little bit more into it when we talk about uh, the pregnancy in V2. If you have the V2, then we go over the RH immune globulin as well as the danger signs in pregnancy and when to give it. All that information is important. Make sure that you know it. All right, Remar nurses, you guys are doing amazing, amazing right now. Let's continue on push, pushing a little bit forward, pushing a little bit forward. It is going to be uh, another question. This one I am giving you choices because this is this one is kind of challenging. So here's the question. The oncoming nurse assessing the client for possible postpartum hemorrhage would expect which finding to be the earliest indicator. So I'm talking about the earliest indicator of postpartum hemorrhage. Is it number one, the respiratory rate of 23 breaths per minute Two, the blood pressure from 130 to one, 130 over 80 to 120 over 80? A temperature of 103, 101.3, or a pulse increase from 82 to 105. Talking about the earliest indicator of postpartum hemorrhage. Is it the respirations, the blood pressure? Is it the temperature? Is it the pulse rate? What say it, you guys? This is a live class. Love your nursing content. Right now is happening. We are deep into the middle of it. We really are. Correct answer. I hope you got this. Remember, we're going for eight out of 10 right tonight. Correct answer is number four, the pulse increasing from 82 to 105. And this is why the nurse should monitor. I'm just going to read this to you. The nurse should monitor the client's vital signs every 15 minutes during the first hour postpartum. An early sign of bleeding for a postpartum client includes an elevation in the pulse rate. The body compensates for the decrease in blood volume by pumping the heart faster. There is only a slight increase in the respiratory rate and a slight rise in the temperature is normal, right? Decreasing blood pressure would also indicate a diminished blood volume but it is not the earliest sign of excessive blood loss. All right. Excellent job. Excellent job. 
I got another one for you. I got another one for you. Let's keep going. Mm. Okay, here we go. I'm going to read it. Number nine, the client reports to the postpartum charge nurse of a reddened and painful breast. Based on assessment of the client's report, the nurse tells the client to... Is it number one, stop breastfeeding because you probably have an infection like mastitis. Two, I will notify the healthcare provider as you may need medication. Three, continue breastfeeding because this is a normal response in breastfeeding mothers. Or four, breastfeed only with the unaffected breast. I uh, would say if you on tonight, we are in our shift right now. We have been assigned to the postpartum unit. We've been assigned to the postpartum unit. And I'm just wanting to know, what would you say to this patient who is saying, that they have a reddened and painful breast. Okay. What are we going to say? I love it. <laughs> yes, and that's the thing about NCLEX is that you really have to go with your first mind and don't get too deep into it. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it because it's easy to do. This is a high stake exam. This exam is for all the marbles. It's for your nursing license. So showing up to class is definitely going to help you on that day. Correct answer. Did you go with your first mind, your first gut? Number three, go ahead and tell her, keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on because this is normal, right? You just had a baby. We, we read in the report that they put the baby to breast for 10 minutes, okay? That's five minutes on each breast. That alone is going to be painful. And then, like some people are saying, you might have stimulated milk. You might be experiencing some early engorgement. But at this point in the process, are we worried about mastitis? Are we worried about mastitis a few hours after delivery? Are we worried about an infection? No. So we can automatically cross out the first two because we know that mastitis is uh, it's an infection that develops over time. It's too early for that, right? Um, usually mastitis is not going to happen until the, a breast duct becomes clogged, right? So the breast duct has to be clogged and usually it's two days, right? About two days before uh, a, a woman encounters mastitis. So it's too early for that. I can't call the doctor and tell him that. It's just, he's going to be upset. He's going to be upset if I call him and tell him that. All right. So we're not worried about mastitis at this point. Okay. All right. Here it is. Here it is. Ah. 
the nurse is now assigned four other clients. Which should she see first? I'm going to razzle-dazzle y'all with a little prioritization, giving you four more clients. Who should the nurse see first? Who should you see first? A prima gravita on first postpartum day with hypoactive bowel signs in all four quadrants. A multi-para three days post a cesarean section with moderate lochia serosa. A prima para on the first day of delivery with the firm fundus two centimeters above the umbilicus. Or four, a multi-para on the first day of delivery reporting vaginal pain with three centimeters of diastasis recti abdominis. Mm. <laughs> Somebody said four more patients. I'm going home. What kind of place is this? <laughs> this is nursing. This is nursing. And you love it. Don't act like y'all don't love this. Some of y'all love this. This is like the best part of y'all night right now doing this NCLEX prep. You're my people. We're united. All right. So again, who should we see first? Uh, it's, a, it's, it's tough. This is a tough question. This is a tough question. I'm ending on this question. I ain't even going to hold y'all tonight. We got, we got some more stuff in terms of watching. We got to get into the V2. We got to finish our workbook. And so, so I have to, typically I have to absolutely her, uh, lower give y'all access to V2 tonight. So y'all can finish our workbooks. All right. The correct answer. You can't pick two answers. You can't. You have to go with one. That's just all to it. That's just all to it. Correct answer is going to be number. It's number three. It's number three, y'all. This is the top priority. The fundus is not supposed to be over or above the umbilicus after delivery, okay? The, the location is inappropriate. It can indicate either an over-distended bladder or uterine tawny and excessive bleeding. I put this on here for a reason. Remember yesterday, we talked about diastasis recti abdominis. That's normal. Especially after you didn't have several kids. This is a multi-para. She didn't have several kids. So I expect those muscles in her abdomen to be separated. I don't expect this though. No, I don't expect this. <laughs> oh man. No, that's what we do it. That's what we do it. I know. I got y'all. I know. I got y'all. But y'all, don't get caught up in the distractors. You got to keep a clear mind. All right, because the answer is right in front of you, always. That that dog on fundus shouldn't be firm. A lot. That's what, got a lot going on, right? Got a lot going on. I didn't get everybody though, right? Okay, so now we have to go inside of the V2 and do part two of our pregnancy, do part two of our pregnancy lecture. So 
we um i need you guys to make sure that if you are in v2 that you are following the study calendar for pregnancy for pregnancy if you're in that session this is the first study session you have the pregnancy overview normal and high risk newborn okay um infant heart defects pediatric milestones all of those all of those should um should be covered in one study session all right in one study session and so we're going to go inside of the v2 now we're going to go inside of the v2 now all right and we're going to talk about pregnancy and normal and high-risk newborn so we're going to start with pregnancy okay and i see the comments on the screen yes so i i threw in the distractor to you guys for the last question, but some of you were able to push through it. Some of you got caught up in it, but this is all part of getting the content and getting the questions together, right? And so that's how you could be tricked. If somebody starts with the truth and then they then they do a little zigzag off of it, okay? So right now, let's go inside of V2. We're gonna pick up on our workbooks where we left off. I think we left off the dangerous signs of pregnancy. So we're going to continue on with that and get this good content guys get this good content let's go inside of the v2 okay this is so important for men and for women yeah that's right men can also do kegel exercises but women particularly during pregnancy need to do kegel exercises in order to prevent urinary incontinence the danger signs in pregnancy there are signs that will put a nurse on high alert for a pregnant mother. The first one is sudden abdominal pain. Number two is an abrupt flow of vaginal fluid. Number three is vaginal bleeding. And four is puffiness in the face, hands, and feet. So if a mom typically has puffiness in her uh, lower extremities, but if you start to see her face and her hands swelling, that is a very bad sign. Remember, during this time, if a woman has any of the danger signs, as registered nurses, we would never want to assess her vaginally. There are two complications of pregnancy that I want to look at specifically. Um, Preterm labor is one, and then also preeclampsia. So preterm labor, let's define it. Preterm labor is any labor before 37 weeks. There are two medications I want you to know. The first one is if you give terbutaline, you want to watch for tachycardia in the mom and in the baby. The second is if you give magnesium sulfate, Magnesium sulfate will actually decrease three things. And this is very important as a general safety point for NCLEX. Do you know the three things? The first one is respirations. That's right. Magnesium sulfate will decrease your patient's respirations. And you will see them decrease less than 12. Number two is decrease urine output. And we are looking for a decrease less than 30 milliliters an hour because that's normal urine output, about 30 an hour. 
The last is decreased deep tendon reflexes. The normal magnesium level that I want you to write down is 1.6 to 2.6. You know what? There's two medications that I also want you to know. We're going to add them to the bottom of this chart. If you give Ritadrin, you need to watch for tachycardia and hypokalemia. If you give nifedipine, it will cause hypotension and hypoxemia. The next complication during pregnancy that I want to talk about is preeclampsia. You guys may be familiar with preeclampsia. It's the hypertensive state seen in pregnancy from an unknown cause. So it's high blood pressure during pregnancy, and the cause is really not known. But there are three defining characteristics of preeclampsia. Number one is hypertension, of course. Two is protein urea. What does protein urea mean? Protein where? That's right, in the urine. Now, should there ever be protein in the urine? What do you think? No, not at all. Mm -mm. And the third characteristic of preeclampsia is going to be edema. And remember, I talked about that edema, that puffiness in the face, hands, and feet. Now, there are certain risk factors for preeclampsia. Moms who are under 18 or over 35. Also, women who suffer from obesity or diabetes mellitus. African-American women as well tend to have preeclampsia. And then women who have multiple gestation or twins or triplets, more than one baby. These are the women who may suffer from preeclampsia. Now, the NCLEX maternal emergency condition is the HELP syndrome. And I want to just define what makes up the HELP syndrome. So each letter in HELP stands for a condition. So the H stands for hemolysis, and that refers to the breaking down of the red blood cells. They become fragmented. The EL stands for elevated liver enzymes. And then the LP stands for low platelets. You know, our nursing care for a woman who has preeclampsia is pretty specific. We want to put the patient on bed rest. We certainly do not want these patients with high blood pressures walking around the units. What side do we turn mothers on who are in distress? Do you remember? Is it the left or the right? It is the left. We want the moms on the left lateral position. We also need to monitor for, write this down, we also need to monitor for eclampsia. What is the difference between preeclampsia and eclampsia? Do you know? With eclampsia, the mom now begins to have seizures. So we don't want our preeclamptic moms to begin to have seizures. So we also need to initiate seizure precautions. You guys already know seizure precautions. I'm not going to go over them. Now, when it comes to treatment, what we're writing down in our notebook is bed rest 
and magnesium sulfate. Bed rest and magnesium sulfate. The only cure is to deliver the baby. Now, we've talked about preterm labor. We talked about the medications that can stop it. But if we can't stop it, then labor progresses. So let's cover our labor and delivery overview. Labor, if we define it, is the onset of regular contractions that increase in frequency, strength, and duration. If we want to help labor along, what medication do we give? That's right. We're going to give oxytocin. And oxytocin is going to help that uterus to contract. And if the uterus is contracting, then labor is beginning. NCLEX sometimes like to ask, if you give oxytocin, when should you stop it? So you guys need to know, you stop it when the contractions are two to three minutes apart and they last 60 seconds. Now, the stages of labor, we're gonna talk about them. The stages of labor are divided into four parts or four stages. We're gonna cover those four stages, but we're gonna start with the first stage of labor. And actually, the first stage of labor is broken down into four parts. So you have pre-labor, you have latent or early labor, and then you have active labor. And then after that, finally, is transition. So let's just go over them. Pre-labor is essentially days before labor begins. And this is when the mother is cleaning, she's excited, she's preparing for her baby. Latent or early labor is when the cervix is dilating to a certain distance. And that distance is zero to four centimeters. Active labor, the cervix is dilating five to seven centimeters. With transition, the cervix is dilating eight to 10 centimeters. But remember with transition, this is not the stage to push. You don't start pushing until the second stage of labor. I wanna go over regional blocks, hydromorphone and morphine. Now with regional blocks, they are usually administered by an anesthesiologist. And you have to be very careful when they are administered because if you give pain medicine too early into the first stage of labor, then it may slow the labor down and actually prolong the process. Informed consent also needs to be signed if a patient's gonna have a regional block. I want you to read about hydromorphone and morphine in your quick facts pharmacology section, because these are also used to manage pain during labor. Now, the second stage of labor, what is that all about? The second stage of labor happens when full dilation occurs. And I mean cervical dilation, where the cervix has reached 10 centimeters. So the second stage of labor is pushing until the baby comes out. Now remember, 
after the birth of the baby, you need to suction the nose and then the mouth. The third stage of labor is the delivery of the placenta. Yes, this should come out in about 30 minutes after the baby. The placenta needs to come out in one whole piece, not many, many pieces. There should be no fragments. Do you know what is the biggest issue if pieces of the placenta are left in the uterus? Yes, hemorrhaging. The mom can begin to bleed and also a few days later, infection will begin to set in. So it is important that the placenta comes out in one whole piece. The fourth stage of labor is called recovery. And this is the critical period after the delivery of the placenta. During the recovery stage, the fundus assessment should begin. Remember, the fundus should be midline. It's also normal for the mom to now report cramping as the uterus begins to contract. Don't forget frequent vital signs are very important during this entire process. For NCLEX RN, we are going to take an opportunity to get into some advanced clinical topics one of them is going to be electronic fetal heart monitoring. This is an important skill that I want you to be very confident on if you get one of these questions on your NCLEX exam. Now, remember, with the electronic fetal heart monitoring, we want the strip to be reactive. A reactive strip is a good sign. A reactive strip contains three things. They are A, accelerations, B, no late or variable decelerations, and C, long-term variability. Now, if you're looking at a fetal heart strip, you will notice that there are two long rectangular boxes. I want you to just put down the top box represents the fetal heart rate, okay? And the bottom box is describing the contractions of the mom. So that gives you some basic orientation. Now, let's go over accelerations. What is an acceleration? An acceleration is just an increase in the baseline heart rate. That's it, okay? It is a good sign. Now, what is a good acceleration? Some experienced nurses will call it 15 by 15. So that just means 15 heartbeats or 15 seconds worth of accelerations. So you have an increase in the baseline by 15 heartbeats and it lasts about 15 seconds. The cause of accelerations are fetal movements. Now, Let's look at this first strip. It is early decelerations, all right? So there's three kinds of decelerations. The first one that we're looking at is an early deceleration. Early decelerations are caused by head compression. If you look at an early deceleration, it actually looks like it mirrors the contraction. So, the opposites are shown here. 
as you can see, as the baby's heart rate is dropping or decelerating, the mom is contracting. The mom is contracting. So the peaks and valleys mirror each other. The treatment for early deceleration is just to monitor the client because this isn't a normal and an expected finding. So if you think about an early deceleration, when a mother is contracting, when the uterus is contracting or squeezing the baby, the normal response is for the heart rate to do what? Should the heart rate go up or should the heart rate go down? Right, the heart rate should go down. So early decelerations are normal because during labor, we do expect for the uterus to contract. The next deceleration that I wanna talk about is the late deceleration. This is not a good sign. It's actually caused by a problem with the placenta. So if we are asked to identify a late deceleration on a fetal heart strip, what we're gonna see is the heart rate drops late around the peak of the contraction or the end of the contraction. And if we're looking at the heart rate of the baby, the heart rate does not recover until after the contraction is over. The treatment for late deceleration is the acronym LION, L-I-O-N. Have you heard of that before? LION is an easy way to remember the steps of intrauterine resuscitation. The first is L, which means put the mom on the left side. Yes, put the mom on the left side. The I stands for initiate or increase IV fluids. The O is oxygen, of course, but with the pregnant client, it's always by a face mask, never by nasal cannula. And then the N is to notify the healthcare providers. It's an easy way to remember what to do if a pregnant client is experiencing some complications. The last deceleration that I wanna talk about is the variable kind. Yep, the variable deceleration. This is normally caused by cord compression. Maybe the cord is wrapped around the baby's neck or another body part, you just don't know. But what you do see is that the heart rate of this baby is dropping. I hope that you get a variable deceleration question on your NCLEX exam because they are super easy to identify. Variable decelerations look like a V shape. You see it? Yep. It helps you to remember what kind of deceleration it is. The treatment for variable decelerations are repositioning the mother and or adding fluid in the uterus. This is called intrauteral resuscitation. Now, if no improvement is made, then a C-section or cesarean section may be necessary. I want you guys to understand that fetal heart monitoring, it is an advanced clinical skill. And by just understanding 
the few key points that we went over about accelerations and decelerations, you are going to separate yourself from just a candidate with a basic knowledge of pregnancy. So congratulations, you guys are taking steps to be amazing nurses. Let's talk about the postpartum assessment. The biggest risk for postpartum complications is within the first 24 hours. Most commonly, a fever is the first sign of a postpartum complication. Can you guys think of what a fever might indicate to a woman who's just had a baby? It's dehydration. Yes, after pregnancy and labor, you lose a lot of fluid. So dehydration is a common complication. I want us to use the acronym Bubble He. Bubble He will allow you to remember clinically what you need to assess on the postpartum client. So each letter in Bubble He stands for a part of the body. The first B in Bubble He stands for the breast. You have to assess them after labor. And it's very common for a woman to have what we call engorgement. And that is because milk is coming into the breast to help to nourish that baby. So for NCLEX, because engorgement is painful, we need to recommend cabbage leaves. That's right. Frozen cabbage leaves will help to reduce the pain. Mm -hmm. Uterus. The uterus should be midline and it should be firm. If there is uterine atani, then the mother may need to have a massage of her uterus. And this is to help decrease the chances of bleeding. The B in bubble heat stands for bladder. Yep, so that next B means bladder. And before you do a fundus assessment, you always wanna make sure that the patient voids before that assessment because a full bladder can misplace the uterus out of the proper position. The next B stands for bowel. You would expect a bowel movement one to three days postpartum. And constipation is a normal finding after labor. Can you think what a pregnant woman is given during labor that would cause her to be constipated afterwards? Any thoughts? It is definitely narcotics. Pain medicine will slow down everything. So we want to let our clients know that it's normal one to three days after delivery to be constipated. The L in bubble he stands for lochia. And lochia is the discharge that is found after delivery. Remember, we need to know the three colors, but in general, for lochia, there should be no foul odors or no blood clots larger than a dime. It's also important that a mom is not saturating one pad in 15 minutes. There are three colors that you need to know for lochia description. The first color is rubra. Rubra means red. You expect lochia to be rubra one to three days after delivery. The next color is called serosa. Serosa is a pinkish color. 
that you expect four to six days after delivery. And the last color is Alba. Alba means white and you expect Lokia to be white or clear for about seven to 14 days after delivery. Hey, we have just a few more letters to go in bubble heat. And the next letter is an E and that stands for episiotomy. If a woman has received an episiotomy during labor, as the registered nurse, you need to assess this area. You wanna make sure that that episiotomy has been mended correctly and that the edges are well approximated. Hemorrhaging is a common concern because there may be pieces of the placenta that have been retained or another cause of bleeding. So we want to make sure that we are assessing the uterus for any signs of hemorrhaging. The final E stands for extremities. Oh yes, we need to assess the lower extremities because pregnant women who have gone through labor have spent a lot of time lying in bed. And when you're lying in bed and you're not moving, blood is not moving. And so blood has a tendency to clot during this time. So we need to assess the lower extremities for edema, tenderness, varices, or increased skin temperature. There are two client education points that I want us to be familiar with. The first is mastitis. We cannot close this lecture without talking about mastitis. Mastitis is an inflammation of the breast tissue, and this is usually due to a staph infection. Either the mother has it on her skin or the baby has it in its mouth and it gets inside of the breast stuff. The teaching point is that for mastitis to go away, the mom has to take antibiotics. Do you guys remember what our pregnancy safe antibiotic is? It's penicillin, write that down. Penicillin is safe to give during pregnancy or breastfeeding. So we have to teach the mom, she has to take antibiotics and also she has to continue to empty that breast duct. So either continue to breastfeed or pump the milk. By emptying the breast duct, it also helps to promote healing. The second client education point is about medroxyprogesterone. Now, this is a birth control option for moms. Usually, it's an IM injection. Now, one of the benefits of this form of birth control is that it is only given every three months. The teaching points about medroxyprogesterone are they do come with irregular menstrual periods. Also, weight gain is common. This form of birth control can cause photosensitivity in our clients, so they should definitely wear sunscreen when going outside. Women should notify their healthcare provider if heavy bleeding starts to occur. Okay, we have finished our pregnancy and labor overview. We have continued through electronic fetal heart monitoring and our postpartum assessment. 
Next, we are going to talk about the normal and high-risk newborn. All right, everybody, you saw the V2. That was our lecture on pregnancy, and we split it up between the two days. So if you are in V2 and you have the study calendar, then you know that including in the pregnancy overview, you're also going to do normal and high-risk newborn. So for tonight, I'm going to have you to watch that that video, Normal and High-Risk Newborn, because I want you to get the information. Some of you are new to Remar. You haven't seen any of my NCLEX review programs. So this video is my introduction, my evaluation of the NCLEX concepts that you need to know for the normal and the high-risk newborn. So get out your, your workbooks. You'll see my videos are short. Even if you don't have your workbook, you can still take notes. I try to keep my videos about 15 minutes so that you get the major points and nothing else and nothing else. So let's go into it. Let's get into the normal and high-risk newborns. If you love babies, you will love this section. They are so super cute just watching them. You have to know that APGAR score, and that is a scale that you must memorize before you take your NCLEX exam. Remember, the APGAR score is done at one in five minutes after birth. There are five categories, heart rate, respirations, muscle, tone, appearance and reflex. Each category a baby can get from a zero to a score of two. So let's go through the categories and look at the characteristics that would give a baby a zero, a one, or a two. If we're talking about heart rate, a score of zero is given if the heart rate is absent. A score of one would be given if the heart rate was below 100 and a score of two will be given if the heart rate was at or above 100. So guys, if NCLEX gives you a heart rate of 100, you're gonna score that baby at what number? Two, right? Respirations, a zero if there are no respirations, if the respirations are absent. A one if the baby has weak gas, and a two if the baby has a good, strong cry. The muscle tone of the baby, a zero would be if the baby was flaccid. Flaccid is a term that means very limp, very loose. A score of one would be given if there was some flexion in the baby's muscles. So perhaps the legs are really flexed, but the arms are limp and flaccid. And a two, if the baby is well flexed, pulled in tight, that's what you would give the baby. Appearance or color, a score of zero would be given if the baby was cyanotic. A score of one, if the body was normal, but the extremities were blue. And a score of two, if the body and the extremities were a normal color. Reflex or irritability, the scores are a zero if there is no response. A score of one, if there is a grimace or a facial change, 
and score a two if the baby has good reflexes. If you think about the score at one minute or five minutes, I want you to remember the score at five minutes is more valuable. In the eyes of the newborn, all newborns will get that erythromycin ointment and they may not be happy about it, but it is for their good because the eyes need to be protected if they've gone through the vaginal birth canal and the mother has had some STDs. The temperature of the newborn, the first temperature should be 98.6 degrees. Babies do have a hard time staying warm, so we have to be mindful to make sure that their temperature stays normal. The pulse normally is 120 to 160, and the respirations are 30 to 60. Hey, in the abdomen, there are three umbilical vessels. You need to know how many arteries and how many veins. Do you remember? It's one vein and two arteries. I like to use the mnemonic device AVA. AVA stands for artery, vein, artery. And then I don't forget that. Let's go over some cord care client education for our registered nurses. This is what we tell those clients. When it comes to the umbilical cord that has been cut, we need to allow that cord to air dry. It should not be washed daily. Mm -mm. By the seventh day, the cord should actually have fallen off. But during this time, we need to monitor for signs of infection of that umbilical stump. And what we would notice would be localized redness or tenderness, or maybe even some pus coming from the area. We would tell the client to definitely notify the pediatrician or healthcare provider at that time. Now, the high-risk newborn is number one, the drug-addicted newborn. And the drug-addicted newborn was the baby that was given illegal substances during pregnancy. Let's talk about what that baby will look like and behave like. The nurse would notice a high-pitched cry, poor sucking ability, which means these babies will have a difficult time eating. They will be irritable and they will have higher than normal vital signs, such as their temperature, their heart rate, their respirations. Here is a critical thinking question. What is the best way to test for illegal drugs in infants? What do you think the best way? I hear your minds turning, I hear you, I hear you. The best way is to do a urine drug screen. Yeah. The nursing care for the drug addicted newborn is what we call cluster care. And that means focusing on doing the treatments all at one time. And the cluster care is really, it's a supportive care measure. There, there are not a lot of treatments or interventions that are done to the drug addicted newborn. Sadly, they have to go through withdrawal to get those illegal substances completely out of their system. 
But there are some things that you can do to help, such as turning the baby on the right side lying position, elevating the head of the bed, not handling them so much. So decreasing the amount of touching and stimulus that they have. And it's also okay to give a pacifier or a soother to comfort these babies. Let's go over the interventions for the mother who has HIV that just delivered a baby. The first point that I wanna talk about is the isolation required. What isolation is required for the HIV mother? What do you guys say? It is going to be universal or standard precautions, okay? The second point, do you think you can give the baby the mother's breast milk? No, the mother is not able to breastfeed because the HIV virus can be transmitted through breast milk. Third point, can the baby stay in the mother's room? What do you think? Yes, the baby can stay in the mom's room. We also teach the mother, do not give the baby live vaccinations until after the baby has been confirmed as not having HIV. And if you guys remember, this can take up to 18 months. So if we're teaching the mom not to give live vaccinations, what do you think some examples of live vaccinations are? Let me give you a clue. Some of them are MMR, varicella, and oral polio. Whenever I'm teaching in class, I hear students yell out the flu shot. The flu vaccine influenza is not live, okay? Can you give the vitamin K shot? That is the final point. What say if you guys, yes or no, vitamin K? Is it gonna be helpful to the baby? Absolutely, because the vitamin K is gonna help the blood to do what? It's gonna help the blood to clot. Now, remember this safety point for NCLEX. Clients with HIV can never donate blood. Never, never, never at any point, even if they have been receiving treatment. I wanna talk about two more conditions that will make a newborn high risk. And the next one is fetal alcohol syndrome. When you think about a baby who was given alcohol during gestation, they are going to have certain characteristics. The first is that they are going to have a low birth weight. These babies are gonna be smaller than normal they are typically going to have some facial features that are different as well. They will have a flat nose, small eyes, and thin lips. There is a risk for mental retardation, which of course is a cognitive impairment. When you think about the treatment for fetal alcohol syndrome, I want you to know for babies, the treatment is essentially they have to go through withdrawal. Mm -hmm. But one thing about babies that are born with fetal alcohol syndrome is that they actually like to be held. So they receive comfort if nurses or their parents are holding them. 
The next high-risk newborn that I want to talk about is the baby born with spina bifida. Yes, spina bifida is a known neural tube defect that has an unknown cause. You know, most mothers who have babies with folic acid deficiency will have issues like spina bifida. So that's why it's very important for moms to take folic acid when they're considering becoming pregnant or they are actually pregnant. Because with spina bifida, the spinal column is partially exposed, we need to watch for fluid buildup problems. Yes, the circulation is not 100%, as you can imagine. The treatment for spina bifida is shunt placement to drain the fluid. Also, surgery may be required for the infant. The problem is that when babies are born, they are not prepared to undergo surgical procedures. So they need to be nourished and they need to grow first. Now, a major safety point for NCLEX is the position of a baby with spinal bifida. Because there is an exposed spinal column with a pouch or a sac on the back of the baby, we need to keep these babies in the prone position. That is right. These babies need to stay on their stomach to protect that sac. Now, this is a big challenge because babies do not like to be on their stomachs. They like to be on their backs. So a baby with spina bifida who is placed on the stomach, are they going to want to eat? Probably not. So it'll be a challenge for the nursing staff and the parents to make sure that this baby gets adequate nutrition. Those are the top NCLEX points for spina bifida. One more that I want to talk about is the baby born with cleft lip and cleft palate. Now, this is most commonly seen in Caucasian babies and males. The treatment is a chiloplasty or a palatoplasty, where there is actually a surgical correction of the deformities. The client education for the parents is when feeding, do not use straws for this baby. I know it seems like a good option if you see it on NCLEX, but the correct answer will be to use a regular nipple with a larger hole placed in it. Because these two deformities require surgical correction, an elbow restraint or a Logan bow may be used after the surgery so that the baby does not alter any of the sutures. An NCLEX tip for these babies are that nutrition is going to be a major concern for both of these birth defects. So those were my NCLEX points about the normal and high-risk newborn. The next topic will be infant heart defects, and you're gonna want to stick around for this. Okay, everyone, what you just saw was the normal and high-risk newborn lecture from my NCLEX review, the V2, and oh, it's good. And, and I hope that while you were watching that video, you picked up on the major concepts that you need to know about infants and their post-birth experience for the NCLEX exam. Those, those little 
tiny videos that are in V2 have a huge impact on how you will feel during your NCLEX exam. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm glad we were able to share that and you were able to see it. <laughs> I said, you know, somebody's saying like, hey, is there a link that I can, you know, download this video and watch it again? Well, you know what? Since you attended the class, we're going to leave this up for a little bit. Yeah. You know, like maybe a few days. But so we want you to watch all of that. If you need to stop, pause, rewind, you can do that Definitely. for a little while. But this won't be up forever. But what will be there is access inside of the NCLEX V2. Yeah. It's simply a better NCLEX review. It has your all of your content that you need to pass NCLEX. And it has a full-scale question bank starting at only $89 for your content questions. You get a physical quick facts for NCLEX. You also get the digital workbook. You yeah. also have instant online access. So literally, if you go to remarnurse.com mm -hmm. right now, you can sign up for the NCLEX V2, or you could even join the free trial and explore a little bit more for yourself. At the end of today, we want you to make a decision to see what's best for you. As I said, hey, listen, it's not for everybody. But if you want to take control over your content, if you want to study that step by step in a systematic yep. way, this is for you. That's it. The website is super easy. It's right on Mark's shirt, remartnurse.com. And there is a difference when you do more than just practice NCLEX questions. Practice NCLEX questions, that's great. Mm -hmm. But there is something that you can do to make those NCLEX questions easier to answer to make the rationales that you read uh, more uh, retainable to you. And that's doing a content review, just like I do in the V2. So do yourself a favor. You saw the one video. There are many more, not too many more. There are 20 study sessions all together yeah. in my program. It's a four-week program. So if you can study for just a short period of time, I promise you, you will be ready for your NCLEX exam. And it won't take you years and months and and, and all, all this long time to get your nursing license. Do and yourself a favor. And you know what? I wanted to kind of find out really quickly who yeah. I'm talking to. Okay. And so like, you know, if let's say if you're not taking NCLEX this year, you know, you graduate in 2024, 2025, you know, you don't necessarily need to get into the V2, you know, immediately right away. It can help you during nursing school, Okay. you know, yeah. but you, you know, you don't have that same need. So what I want to find out is how soon do you want to take NCLEX? Oh, that's good. Just put the month uh and the like the month that you're going to take in the month and if it's next year you know put the year or whatever but just put the month that you are that you would like to take NCLEX whether you're already scheduled or you want to take NCLEX and have your license by when that's good I how see some soon people. would you like yeah. to have your nursing license yeah right because that's going to determine the action that you take you know if you're not if you say well you know what i have uh, a year if i have a two years then uh, okay, I, I can understand not getting it right now. Yeah. Um, but if you're testing in in uh, this month, next month, three months, six months, mm -hmm. then this is something that you want to hop on um, because it's going to take time to prepare, yeah. and also just to uh, if if you're in nursing school, yeah, you don't want to overload yourself. True. Right. That's and so true. it's even better to start early and to extend that study period. So that you're just doing a little bit of a time so that you can balance out your workload. Yeah, we want it. We want it to be reasonable. So we have here March. A lot of people are in March, actually. In March. Yeah, a lot of March people. Why would they be testing so they want to test in March? Is there, <laughs> we, it seems like there might, is there something coming after March? Or? Yes, absolutely. So many Marches are here. Yeah. Wow. Um, and that makes sense because NCLEX is changing in April. Yeah. In April. So I definitely encourage you if you can take the NCLEX before April 1, 
it's time now. Mm -hmm. Whatever you have been dilly-dallying or procrastinating on, you got to get over it right now and get your NCLEX scheduled. So March is the perfect month to take NCLEX. And actually, if you're watching this and you haven't committed to a content review, get into my program because you will be able to finish it before that test date comes. Yes, before that test date comes. I know a lot of people taking it in March. Wow. And what you don't want to do, I mean, just to be honest with you, is to go into NCLEX only having done questions Mm -mm. and then find out, okay, that wasn't enough. And now you have to start over again. Oh, no. Because you are surely going to be taking the next gen NCLEX. Yeah. Then you have the next gen. Then you have the, you know, the waiting period. I think it's like 45 days or something before you can register again. They have the registration costs. And then you have to actually go back and find the content that you did and get mm-hmm. from nursing school that you didn't get from your nursing from the NCLEX review. It's true. You know? So go ahead and invest in yourself now. And we set the bar extremely low for the price. Definitely. But extremely high for the quality. You're not going to find a better NCLEX review, a more credible instructor anywhere other than Remar Review and RemarNurse.com. So do yourself a favor. If you're testing in February, yep. if you're testing in March, if you're testing in April, you need to go ahead and get the NCLEX V2 today. That's right. That's right. This is the opportunity for you to just go all in this Valentine's day. You know, there are many things that you could love. We're asking you to love your nursing content, but more importantly, we're asking you to love your career. And a part of being a great nurse is investing in your continued education. And so there are some things that you can do right now. There are some things that you can do right now to make this process easier for yourself and taking the step to get into the full review program, I'm telling you, is life-changing. Even on tonight, we had several people come on and say, hey, Regina, I'm coming back to tell you that I passed my NCLEX exam. And so I want that to be your testimony so that in March, hey, you take the exam, and by April, you're saying, I passed NCLEX. That is the goal. That's the whole reason why we did this event because we knew that there would be one person that would see the information, say, I need that. I don't have it, right? Just an honest evaluation. I need some help studying. I need some accountability. I need some direction. I need some, you know, I I need content and I need a question bank together, not just one or the other. And so we have that for you on tonight. And I think it's important to understand is that when you invest in yourself, Mm -hmm. you're also investing in self-care. Yes. Right. Anything. Yes, 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 and that's one thing that I, that I, that I love about you um, mm-hmm. is that um, the wiser that you that you become, you know, you slow down and you start to think, OK, am I, what am I doing for myself? Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, got three kids and, you know, helping you know, with mom and, you know, doing all of these things for everybody else. Yeah. But what are some things that will make your life easier? Right. Yes. And just being willing to invest in those things. Yes. Whether it's like an exercise program for better health or better quality foods. You know what I mean? Like just taking some time for self care and self reflection. So this is going to mm-hmm. make your study process easier. It's going to help remove some of that stress because you're going to be like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Like, you know, I was, I was sure. really struggling. For sure. with this, you have a study partner. I have a system, a partner, somebody I can look, uh, look at uh, and, and a path to follow. Love and it. So we have thousands of remar nurses that are passing NCLEX every single every single year uh every single month hundreds of new testimonials are coming in and they're saying listen i truly believe that remar is the best 
solution. And so, uh, Nurse Lavi, could you read yeah, that? Yeah, Nurse Lavi says, highly recommend it. Graduated in 2011, right? Passed my NCLEX RN in 75 questions. So, this is somebody that has graduated nursing school over 10 years ago and been able to pass their NCLEX. So, what is stopping you guys? What is stopping you guys? Says, thank you, Remar. I'm so much blessed that I found your program. Nurse Jelana LPN says, I failed NCLEX twice before studying with the Remar virtual trainer and quick facts. I retook my NCLEX two days ago, April 22nd. She said, now I'm officially a Remar nurse. I recommend this program to any and everyone. I can't believe I'm finally a nurse. You all can do it too. So that can, will, must, that is our motto can, will, must pass NCLEX. So embrace that mentality. Embrace that mentality because it is uh, it is a decision that you willfully make and you have to take steps towards that direction in order for the passing NCLEX to, to happen. So um, something really awesome. Nurse yeah. Lavi says she graduated nursing school in what year? 2011. And when yeah. did you start Remar? 2000 and uh what 10 2010 yeah so she graduated <laughs> nursing school one year after you started remar yeah and it took all this time for oh. her to find remar yeah like the, the, it was out there the content the information the help the support but she didn't know about it yes and that's why we say hey share the video tell a friend let somebody know what's happening because there's a lot life. of people that are really struggling and and you know are going through the go through yes. just because they haven't connected with the community of support and so we're so glad and grateful that you're here yes. and that you're connected and we want you to be a part of the remar nurse success family guys. absolutely because there's many nurses all over even tonight the community that we had gathered that had their workbooks ready that were like oh this is something that i need to do this is a picture of sacrifice because what you had to do to be here is prioritize yourself. And, and Mark is right. The older I become, the wiser I grow into knowing, hey, what really matters, what really matters at the end of the day is, am I in a position to even give back to others? Am I prioritizing myself to a place where I can help others? You cannot pour from an empty cup, guys. You cannot pour from an empty cup. And so tonight, as we studied together, you were able to see some deficiencies, some areas of weakness. And so now you have the responsibility to strengthen those areas of weakness that you identified. So I'm saying, I got the keys. Let me help you do that. Let me help you make this process a lot quicker. My V2 is available to you right now for you to start studying. Don't wait, don't wait, don't wait. The longer you wait, the longer it'll take you to get your nursing license. Do me a favor, put the website in the comments so everybody can know where to go. Put the website, remarnurse.com, in the comments. They need to know the spelling, need to know where to go. Put we, that in the yeah, comments for me. Say. And I'm gonna do some real quick rapid fire. What's I know rapid gonna... fire? Oh. Listen, I've, I've looked at the comments that they've had. They have some questions here. Ah, okay. So I'm gonna give you some rapid fire questions. Oh, for me, okay, that, for me, that for I've me. Seen. <laughs> All right? Okay, All right, yeah. you ready? Yeah. All right, cool, here we go. Uh, just to confirm, yeah. is, is this for RN or PN? We have a program for RN and for PN. So both, both. Okay. both. Mm -hmm. Is it for people that need to test before next gen or after? Is this for next gen also, or is it just only for the current NCLEX? This is for before next gen and after next gen as well. All right. So if you're taking next gen and you, uh, well, actually, if, if you're not taking next gen, how do you avoid the next gen components 
inside the V2? Yeah, so the next-gen components inside of the V2 are in the question bank. So those case studies, those bow tie questions, those matrix questions, those are all found in the question bank. So you can skip those if you don't want to do them, but it is still very important that you attend the classes, the coursework, the lectures, right? So whether you're taking next-gen or not, the video that you just watched, Normal and High-Risk Newborn, that is still for you. The pregnancy videos, the prioritization, the delegation, the psychological concepts, those are videos that have information for this NCLEX. Now, remember, this is mm -hmm. rapid fire. Okay, rapid fire. Uh, okay. Rapid fire, rapid okay, fire. Okay. All right, okay. so uh, somebody else said, how many questions should I do a day? Or what would you say about that? I would say the questions that you do a day are, there's no right answer to that. What I would say though, is if you follow my study calendar and I have you studying three hours a day, once you get through the content portion, whatever time you have left, do, do questions with that time. All right, do questions with that time. All right, and let's see, what's your best advice for a repeat tester? Repeat tester, my best advice is to understand that you're going to get a totally different NCLEX. You are not going to get the same one that you had before. So start over, prepare as if you've never taken it before, cover all of the content areas of the test plan, do an NCLEX review. Okay. All right. Yep. And uh, do you do private tutoring? I don't do private tutoring because what I have come to know is that doing a online platform like v2 is so much more affordable and it is so much more cost effective than doing individual hourly tutoring with myself and i, and I say that uh, with all the love in my heart i could study with you for one hour and it would cost you probably three or four times more than what you can pay right now for my six-week program in everything all right yep. even people that come to my live classes when i do them Guess what I send them home with? The online program. The V2. Yeah, because what you do at home is what really matters. The, the work that you do when you're alone is how you pass NCLEX. Because when you go and take that test, you are alone. There's no coach. There's no phone a friend. There's no book. There's no resource. It is just you. So I need you to follow my training system the correct way, which is the calendar program and working at home okay. all right so this is way better than private tutoring way better study. here's the thing real quick mm -hmm. so what, I, what i'm seeing is um private tutors can be anywhere between like 60 and 100 dollars an hour yeah. like yeah I mean, more I, than that more than that yeah more right? than that like yeah. per hour yeah and so you're getting two months 60 days mm -hmm. access with the number one NCLEX instructor on the planet. The best NCLEX instructor, period. Universe, right? Galaxy. Uh, for about the cost of one hour of private tutoring. Less than that. Like, I mean. You're getting six weeks. You're getting a six-week curriculum. Because the thing about private tutors, most private tutors don't have a course. So what they're saying for you to do is buy a book and I'll sit down and I'll sit next to you and I'll do questions with you side by side. Right. That's what most private so tutors do. So you're still just getting questions mm. with the V2. You're getting a curriculum. You're getting a study calendar. You're getting those amazing videos that are not boring, that are not PowerPoint slides. There's not a PowerPoint slide in there. And then you're also getting the full question bank that is customizable to whatever you want to study. You're getting all of those things. I mean, and you're getting and you're getting quick facts. 
There is not a private tutor out there that has QuickFacts. So I'm through. Well, actually, yeah. Some private tutors are actually using QuickFacts to help tutors. That students. is right. Some private tutors are yeah. buying this book and and then you're paying them to read my book to you. Like you're paying them to do that. Hey, shout out to the private tutors though. Shout out to the private tutors yeah. that are using QuickFacts. Yeah. I do appreciate that. Absolutely. Please give us a call. Yeah. We can connect. We can do some things. We can do some things. <laughs> yeah. So all of those things you're getting, uh, anything else we missed? And you're getting the, the additions that I put into the quick facts. Like I put the pregnancy questions in there. Where are my pregnancy questions at? I just uploaded these pregnancy questions in there the other day. In there, into the V2. Into the V2 okay. in the file vault. There's another book in there, quick facts for pediatrics that I uploaded in there. The ultimate next gen study guide is also uploaded into the file vault at V2. All of these things for 80, $89. For sure. So. That's it. I think you gave it to him. I, I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to tell him. I'm trying to tell him. I think you gave it to him, guys. Listen, thank you so much for joining us, um, and being our Valentines during sure. this celebration of nursing, this love nursing content uh, event. Um, it's just been a great experience. It's been a great experience. I have the honor of watching Regina from behind the scenes and, and looking at her it's go studio. through the books and the notes yeah. and, and everything mm -hmm. um, just so that we can, you know, express this, you know, measure of love to you guys and encouragement. Um, some of the times that, you know, that you were struggling, if you're a repeat test taker, it may not have been the information. Yeah. It may have just been the confidence. It might have just been the nerves, the anxiety, et cetera. Um, but you're in a place where yeah. you have a chance to start over. Right. Um, the fact that you're still here and that you're uh, tuned in tonight. I don't know. The babysitter might be calling you or whatever. Um, but this means that you still care. You yeah. still want your nursing license. And we are here for you. Yeah. Thank you so much, you guys. And also, thank you, Mark. He has taken time away from um, the children. He's taken time away from his work that he does outside of Remar, his ministry, Bible studying and preparing sermons and all those things in order to be with us tonight and to pray for all of us. So um, I, I really appreciate the the attention that you give to the Remar nurses and your care and concern for them. He is always praying for you guys. And he's always reminding everybody that, you know, with God, it's possible. It's possible. Absolutely. So we'll leave you guys with that. Absolutely. <laughs> this was great. This was an amazing event. Amazing NCLEX review. So guys, listen, if you signed up for the event, check your emails. We're going to be sending you a message just to find out how you liked it. Uh, if you have any questions, go ahead and put them into the email so Team Remark can respond to yep. you as soon as possible. We don't want to leave any doubt, any questions on the best way for you to prepare for NCLEX. And we are thankful so much that you guys are part of the family and that wraps it up for tonight. But remember, guys, that you can, you will, and you must pass NCLEX. Yes, you guys can do it. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Bye-bye. Love you. God bless.